Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. How mad should I be about this? What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. If it still hurts tomorrow, we'll cut it off. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. Sorry you don't feel well. Okay, we should get started. (laughs) A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. Life comes at you fast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of What Fresh Hell? This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week we are talking about 2020. What was that, you guys? Guys, what was that? Seriously, you guys, what was that? (laughs) That was not good, whatever it was. That was problematic. No. We thought it would be fun to kind of year and review it by kind of going back through our episodes through the year. I was saying to Amy that I was listening to another podcast that I enjoy and I was listening to old episodes and it was like, oh, and here's that, blah, 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 blah. And then they suddenly hit March and they were like, what are we going to do? I guess we'll just keep recording. Like you realize that like the year started one way and then we took this incredible left turn and it's been uh, quite an adventure ever since. We were talking about a year ago, going back to one, which is something we like to say all the time on this podcast. Should I say what that is in case we have some new listeners who have never heard it? Sure. Give it a quick rundown. You know, in showbiz, Margaret and I have some showbiz experience. And when you do a take of a scene and, you know, like you need to do it again for one of a hundred reasons, you'll hear a bell ring usually and then they'll say back to one. And that means everybody put everything back exactly the way it was, which could be like every coffee cup that moved six inches during a scene or whatever. Get everything back exactly the way it was so you can try again. And it's not a failure. It's just a reset. It's just what you do so you can try again. So we talked a year ago about doing that for 2020, resetting, and then, you know, a pipe bomb got thrown into it. (laughs) So let's do back to one now. Right. Well, it's funny to look back. So our last episode that we recorded in the before times was gaming, right, Amy? It was like... It was gaming. Are there redeeming qualities? Like, should we let our kids play Fortnite? Yeah, we were like, screen time and gaming. Should we let our kids play Fortnite? And like a month later in the zombie apocalypse, I was like, eight hours of Fortnite, that's my limit per day. And things change. Life, as they say on the internet, Amy, life comes at you fast. You know, I remember we had already had that episode sort of in the can and ready to go. And then it was like major shutdowns across the US. And we decided to change the title of the episode to say like, there are some redeeming qualities because we thought like we, can, we can't tell people not to let their kids be on screens right now. That's not a message that it will 
will be popular, including for us. I thought you were going to say, and I also remember that we had to go back and record like a disclaimer before the episode because it was really between the seven days beforehand when we recorded it and when it was ready to air, the world had changed, you know. 180 degrees and so we had to go back and be like uh guys by the way this is kind of general life advice but the thing too that you forget sometimes is that our schools shut for two weeks right my sister's schools in new york city shut for five weeks and i remember kind of being like five weeks that would be something and so we were kind of like so we didn't know about the pandemic when we recorded this but it's still good advice and we'll see you again in two weeks like back with our regular programming and there was like oh no 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 that's not what's going to happen There was another factor in that, too, which was like, well, we could record again. Oh, yes. But I really can't. Like, I don't feel that well. And neither does my husband. And neither does my daughter. And do you think? And no way. And yet we had COVID and it was so early. People didn't even know what the symptoms were at that point. But yeah, there was one other reason we couldn't re-record, which was I was like (laughs) dragging myself. You were in bed. Yeah. Fighting a novel coronavirus. Yeah. Amy's got to get big props. You guys don't see all the behind the scenes shenanigans. But she was like, I'm not feeling great but let's just record <laughs> and i was like all right amy wait <laughs> let's just do this come on suck it up let's record both amy and i come from like irish peasant stock where we're basically both like listen i cut my leg off by accident let's just get the recording done and then i'll go to the hospital and so you know she recorded right through it and god bless her we are tough yeah and we're not like soft pillows for the other one either right right it's like sorry you don't feel well okay we should get started <laughs> oh my god i mean as i've often said on the podcast my parents favorite expression was if it still hurts tomorrow we'll cut it off and like Amy and I both have that basic mentality and it's like what happened oh that does sound sad anyway we're recording at 10 a.m. like we don't mess around my grandmother used to say it'll be better before you're married to you know any injury emotional or physical and she was right is the thing yeah or not I mean some of those emotional injuries (laughs) my guess are still hanging around let's be clear can I take us before we really delve into our look back into okay hopefully not too somber a topic but One thing in preparing for this episode, I was also looking through, we get a ton, a ton of emails, too many for us to keep up with, too many of us I apologize to respond to. But one thing I noticed thematically in the emails that we receive is a lot of people reaching out and being like, I'm having a really hard time in these specific ways. And sometimes saying, you know, can you talk about people who've lost their jobs, people who are dealing with very specific difficulties during these times. And, you know, we want to say very clearly that like, if you've met one person dealing with the pandemic, you've met one person dealing with a pandemic. And we give a lot of advice. And that advice doesn't apply. The advice of like, well, just find some ways to get outside every day. It doesn't apply if you and your spouse have both lost their jobs. Right. It doesn't apply if you have a special needs child who is being, you know, denied services and whose behavior is getting more and more concerning because you're in a terrible circumstance. Amy and I both have personal circumstances that have been extremely difficult during the pandemic. Yeah. And we don't as you all know, this is a sort of it's a 30,000 foot view of life. And so we don't ever want you to listen and think, well, we have the solution to your problems. We unfortunately don't have a solution to like a sick child, unemployment, financial devastation that is happening to so many people at times like this. 
all of the problems. Fear. We don't have a solution to fear. Yeah, we don't have a solution. And so what we're here and trying to offer is some perspective, but we don't ever want you to hear that perspective is like, and I mean, we jokingly say solved it at the end of episodes. We haven't actually solved it. This is a horrible situation that is making, and this is where I'm going with my overall point, that in reviewing and thinking about this episode, I feel like the pandemic made everything more. Like we did an episode, What Kind of Monster Pandemic Edition? And it's like the monsters you live with are much more monstrous. Right. It became underlined. Yep. Yeah. And then we also did an episode, Why the Pandemic is So Hard on Moms, right? The hardness of everyday life. I often say about situations, you're already running a marathon and now you've sprained your ankle. Like you can't afford that right now. You're already doing it. And this was like a macro version of that, right? Like we're all already working pretty much as hard as we know how to work most moms. And we're trying as hard as we know how to try. And now let's add financial devastation, remote learning, much more togetherness and other our kids who need desperately need socialization for a million reasons are not getting it. We ourselves may be sick. Our loved ones are sick. You know, we are adding so much onto the marathon that it can't hold. Well, that's what I think we can offer, the sort of why the pandemic is so hard on moms. It is hard on moms. It is particularly hard on moms because we're carrying other people's burdens while trying to make it seem like they're not burdens. And I think that's what we try to offer. Community, we see you. Yeah, this is as hard as you think it is. That's what we have to bring. I think that's right. And one of my favorite episodes of the year, I don't have favorites. All the episodes are like my children, Amy. I love them equally. But the wintering episode with Catherine May, it was a fresh take. Just last month. So we introduced this year fresh take episodes where we interview experts. Because one of the things we also realized, we've been doing this for years. We try to like keep it, you know, improving and getting better and changing to meet the needs. And one of the things we've realized is there are things we don't know that much about. I mean, Amy and I, despite being opposites in our parenting, we are both married to men you know, Irish Catholic women from the Northeast named David <laughs> who are married to men named David went to four year colleges. Like we have a very specific background that is very, you know, similar. And so one of the things we've been trying to do is bring on people in these fresh takes who can offer us literally a fresh take, who can offer us this is what it's like to be in a mixed religion household. This is what it's like to be a black mom and in this time of racial reckoning. All these kind of topics where we can't speak as experts to those things. And so we're going to keep going with that. But one of the ones I loved is the wintering episode, Catherine May, it was just a month ago. And man, she just has such a beautiful take on on this idea of like, winter is coming for all of us. And all of us have wintered. And some of our winters have been really deep and dark. And so if you haven't listened to that episode, I really recommend it. I learned from her, you know, there's a Buddhist saying, and I'm not a Buddhist, but the suffering is in the gap. That, in other words, the reason that we suffer is that we wish things were different than they are. I wish it wasn't raining on my wedding day. The problem with the rain on your wedding day is that you wish it wasn't. That's where the suffering lies. And so I learned from the book Wintering that the problem with wintering is that I wish it wasn't winter instead of accepting it. If I accept it, then most of the sadness goes away. Or some of the sadness, you know, because like going back to our earlier point, like, I think with the pandemic and this particular form of winter, it's a terrible time. And I think that sometimes 
it can sound as if we're offering like it's not that bad. It's terrible. That's what we're offering. It's terrible. And hopefully we can like have a few laughs during it. Hi, guys. This is terrible. Right. Well, I mean, I wish it wasn't. I wish if I had the magical wand to wave it all away, I would. But I do. And that is what you're saying, right? That like saying this is winter. Yes. And closing that gap and just saying whatever it is, this is winter is helpful. Not like thrashing around in the straitjacket quite so much, right? It's not, this is mm-hmm. where I am. I mean, I'm calling it a straitjacket. So I guess there's a little bit of suffering there still. But but right, the problem is in the struggle. And I get it. If you listen to it and you're like, easy for you to say, this is what I'm going to say. Easier for us to say than many and harder for us to say than some. Yes. You know, we're all on the spectrum somewhere, guys. It's we're all trying. You know, I want to point out that we have done a really good job because on April 20th, we did an episode about how our teenagers are so done with quarantine life in April. Oh, (laughs) good luck, teens. Good luck, teens. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, this is really going on for a while, a month into it. It was fun to go back for this episode and re-listen to a bunch of the old episodes because it is like a time capsule, you know? Yeah. I mean, we've had an internal discussion, you know, okay, at what point do we start kind of deleting the quarantine episodes not interesting to people? But there is something really fascinating about it. Like, oh, right. We thought it was going to be another month, you know? Right. And we keep talking. I mean, in some of those old episodes, I referenced that marathon metaphor and I'm like, and we're in mile 24, guys. It's really hard. We were on mile like two. (laughs) I was very confused about exactly how far into the marathon we were. And let me tell you right now, I'm like, this is mile 24. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Well, the difference is, you know, when we were like scrambling for metaphors back in the early days, we talked, I think it was in the episode called Maintaining Momentum or Not, which was one of the episodes that I found most useful, the discussion for myself. And we talked about how um, when you're teaching a kid to swim and you're like, swim to me, swim to me a little more, a little more, a little more. But you as the parent have a sense of that wall being maybe another three feet behind you. And you just have to back up and you just have to get the kid to come with you this little way. But in this pandemic, we're saying, come on, swim to me. You can do it. You can do it without having any sense of how much farther we have to go. And I feel like the vaccine as imperfect and as well, it's still going to be this and well, it's still going to be six months of masks. I can feel the wall behind me now in a way that I find very reassuring. Yeah, I hope you're right. I've been having a little bit of 3 a.m. mutant strain wake up panic, but let's just go with the vaccine (laughs) is going to work and it's all going to be okay. The vaccine will save us. It's the wall behind us. It's there somewhere. Yeah, I'm hoping that's true. I just and then I mean, I have a friend who's like, well, you know, this is only the first of many. This is the whole. And I was like, please stop talking to me. Walk away from me as quickly as you can. Let's not do an episode on that. You go live with that hell. And like, I got to get to the wall at this point. Mm -hmm. And I do think that there has been an aspect of it where it's like, this might be the wall because there was waves, right? I mean, in New York, we went through the worst of it right away. You literally went through the worst of it. You had it. Yep. And then it was like, okay, okay, we could breathe. And then the summer we were kind of gingerly like going out outside walking with friends like it was like we were like popping our little mole heads out and then someone has come along and stepped on our little mole heads and shoved us back underground that's the metaphor that works for me so we're the ants in the anthill that's been kicked yep yeah we're just like peep should we peep our head out and someone's like boom no you should not i will kick your face i mean i like to keep it positive that's yeah my metaphor is a mole sticking their head out of the ground and then getting their face bashed in by a boot anyway with that image guys uh, we'll be right back 
Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby's skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Amy, I want to come back with an observation that really bemused me when I was doing this review to prepare for today. We did some seasonal episodes, which we often do. About summer, fall, back to school. You know, we try to hit the themes. We did, oh no, it's summer. Oh no, it's back to school. Oh no, it's fall, right? <laughs> we did three episodes. I'm going to read you the titles. Uh-oh, here comes summer. The back to school mess. Oh no, it's fall. Yep. <laughs> it really was a theme of the year that was like, yeah, so this is going to stink and let's just figure out how much. What fresh hell. It really was a well-titled episode. And I have to also say that we gained international fame if you only go by our initials because I have a, you know, some Google alerts set up and my Google alerts were very confused because we use WFH a lot for our podcast, which also stands for work from home. Yeah. And so that was really a big adjustment to my Google algorithm when it was like ping, 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 ping. Someone mentioned you and they were all talking about work from home. Yeah, we might have to let that go, right? That's kind of been taken over as an acronym. One of our listeners came up with Fresh Hellions. I love it. As the name for our wonderful audience. And so that's what we're going to call you guys now. 
Yeah, the Fresh Hellions. I like it. Everyone, you know, you got to have a name for the audience. And I was at WFHers, like Whiffers, kind of. <laughs> but Fresh Hellions is so much better. And Whiffers are now work from homers. So we had to make a change. Can I tell you what I thought was the funnest episode of 2020? You certainly can. How mad should I be about this? That was so great. We asked you guys to tell us things that you, you know, that thing you have, you're not sure. Like my sister-in-law didn't invite me to the baby shower. Am I mad about that? Or was that just, how mad should I be about this? And we ranked them for you and we had winners that got hoodies. I think we should definitely do that again in 2021. Yeah, that was a great one. It was truly festivist. It was the airing of the grievances. (laughs) Right. And what I liked about it. And useful. If there were like 300 entries, maybe 500 entries, every single person on the Facebook group responded, you should be furious, which I really like. Right. Again, that's we are here for you. Yes, this is as hard as you think it is. And you should be mad about that. For a brief aside into a what kind of monster is my husband, I often have conversations with him where I'm like, and then she accused me of being all about myself, blah, 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 blah. blah. And my husband, and he has been broken of this habit by frequent threats to murder him by me, would often respond, well, you can see from her point of view where blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, oh, no, you seem no. to be quite confused about where this conversation is going. This conversation is you are beautiful, smart and funny and everyone else in the world is wrong. And anyone who wrongs you shall be destroyed. Yep. And now often when I start talking, he's like, you are beautiful and smart and funny. and Anyone who wrongs you shall be destroyed. And I'm like, OK, fine. I'm glad you at least know your lines. This is the devil's advocate. I'm not interested. My oldest friend. I mean, I've been friends with her longer than I've known my husband. Right. We've been friends since we were 14 years old. She is the best kind of friend because she is the grudge holder who will take that like <laughs> She will run with it like 100 yards beyond when you did. Like a guy at a um, deli was not nice to me once. And so I said, like, let's not go there anymore. But it was right in our neighborhood near our apartment. And like a year later, I came home with like a bag from that store. And she was like, what are you doing? She had been keeping up the boycott. I kept it up for like six days, you know, and she like a year later was like, screw that guy. I had a friend in college who was so that person. And you had to kind of be careful because you'd be like, yeah, my sister's really annoying me. And she's like, your sister sounds like a horrible person. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 wait, wait. I'm just vaguely complaining. She would like take it to the point of like, I will rip your sister's arms off and beat her to death with them. And you're like, no, no, I'm just saying she forgot to pick me up on time, whatever. You know, she would, we always knew she was the one like, you only went to her when you wanted like Dracarys, the Game of Thrones, like the full burn down. Oh, I thought you meant Dracar Noir, the uh, cologne. <laughs> that is an oldie box alert, Amy. <laughs> Back in my day. No one knows what Dracar Noir is. No, but I mean, you only wanted her for truly scorched earth policy. Uh, uh, yeah, we're not doing that. Dracarys is what the uh, dragon queen says when she's about to burn people alive. This is a like laughing with you, gentle support. Yes, you should be mad at that. Here's a sweatshirt. <laughs> Exactly. It's like, you're totally right. That person seems like kind of a bozo. And, you know, I think it's always important. What do I always say? Come from your place of maximum generosity. You know, Mm -hmm. people are very annoying. And believe me, as an oldie locks myself, people only get more annoying. You keep waiting for the day where people are a little more tolerable. Not I don't find that to be true. (laughs) People are extraordinarily annoying. And I do think during the pandemic, I was just walking with a friend of mine and I said, you know, I think the reentry is going to be really hard. Yes. You know, I mean, I'm not ready for all the peoples. I think you're right. And I love people, as we know. I like chatting with them. I like visiting with them. But I think we've lost some of our, you know, 
our operating systems. And that, I think, especially during the pandemic, one thing I noticed and we've talked about on many episodes is we are all rubbed down. We are just our most base operating systems, right? Like you'll notice that like your kid who is the most temperamental is very temperamental right now. Is the mostest temperamental. Yep. Yeah. The mostest. My (laughs) operating system, which is like put on a happy face for the world to treat my husband like garbage, not going great right now. You know, we're all just barely functioning. And so I do think giving people some grace is probably helpful, but I'm not great at it. We're in the slow blinking light, you know, computer sleep mode, I feel like. Yeah. Talk about that metaphor in case people didn't hear it, because that did stay with me this year. And I feel like, you know, when you shut down your computer for the night, and but you don't like turn it off, which of course I never do. You're supposed to actually like turn off your computer once in a while. I do it like every six weeks, probably. There's a slow blinking light, which means your computer is almost off, but it's just like, right, there's a few systems still, I don't know, a few CPUs still going and it's kind of barely on. And that I remember saying that months ago, like we're in slow blinking light mode and we're like, oh, this feels weird. And I think all these months later, we are pretty comfortable in slow blinking light mode. And eventually we're going to have to start running all our programs again. And and that's going to feel exhausting, I think. It does seem like that. You're right. I thought we would go running. I thought like As soon as there was a vaccine, there'd be a huge party. You know what I mean? As soon as we could travel, we're all going to go 10 places. And I'm not sure that that's true. Well, and I do think one of the thematic things that we started talking about in August, September episodes was like, okay, this stinks, but we are figuring out some new information. And one of the big takeaways from that was there's something on the other side of boredom, right? Like this idea that oh my God, if my kids had five days spring break, okay, we would go to the zoo and then we would go to this and then we would go to the museum and every day someone different would pick the activity and I was running myself crazy because my idea was like the second we have downtime, they're going to start eating the paint off the walls and they do eat the paint off the walls. My house has been uncategorically destroyed. You know, I mean, it is unbelievable. Everything that is broken, stained and debilitated in my home, but yeah. At the same time, they had a lot of fun. You know, they made a lot of forts. They played nicely together. I mean, they also punched each other in the face. It wasn't all paradise. But I do think that allowing a lot of downtime, I've said already, my kid who has some fine motor issues and has never really been able to draw a straight line has taken up art and he's really into drawing and are his drawings, you know, heading straight for the Met? Maybe not. But he spends probably an hour a day drawing now. And that's a great quiet focus skill is a skill he would never have discovered while I was busy making him better at things by doing a lot of activities. My daughter does ballet or did ballet. She was up to four times a week. And this time right now would be given over to the Nutcracker. Of course. They call it the Knickerbocker because it's like a New York City based version of it. But yeah, like in our weekends, we could never, you know, go anywhere. It was just, you know, driving people places. That was my weekend plan. And now our weekends are hang out at home and the kids do some homework. I have teenagers, so my kids are are not climbing the walls in exactly the same physical way. Theirs is more mental. But anyway, we could go back to that ballet four times a week. But she just expressed to me like she kind of thinks she's done. But we would never have, I don't think, considered that. If we hadn't had the forced stop. Yeah. And I was just thinking about this because we did a sports episode in the before times where you were talking about this thing of like, 
is there any way to play sports where you're not in these like super, super high competitive realm? And I was talking to somebody yesterday whose kid goes to a school and she's like, oh, and there's a bunch of no cut sports. And I said, what's a no cut? I don't even know what the term meant. And it means like you're on the team. Like you just everybody plays. Yep. Or they might not play, but they wear the uniform and they're there. Yeah. And they'll play some. I mean, they won't never play. You know, they're not going to. Yeah, a little. Speaking as a, yeah. a parent who has had kids who sit the bench, like they'll get in at some point, but they won't be starting. But it doesn't matter. They're on the team. But it's like there are no, I mean, in no cut sports, right? It's like nobody's, people aren't like, oh my God, we have to win the game. You know, I mean, they probably still are because they're coaches. But, yeah, they still are. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I hope that there is some return to this idea of people can do things for enjoyment. Right. That we were really losing before this time. Like, right. you can draw all day and produce art that's not going to help you get into college and not go to art school right yeah it's just because you like drawing you can um i have a one of my kids and this is like the kind of stuff that i feel like every like parenting author writes there are a lot theoretical books about like let your kids figure things out for themselves but it's hard when you're busy sending them to the coach and blah 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 and my kid who's a gymnast he's not a good gymnast he's a decent very decent gymnast he decided during the pandemic that he wanted to figure out how to do a front flip. And we bought him like a little springy air mattress thing to practice on. Actually, he bought it himself with his first communion money. But he now can do a front flip. He just kept working on it. But those things are so easy to say in theory, but it took a pandemic to make it happen. We were busy taking him to people, teaching him to do stuff. And he figured it out on his own, you know? Mm-hmm. And I do think that lesson, man, I have a bad feeling that like once we're back, it's going to be like, dunk, 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 the race is back. Hooray. The horses are at the starting gate. And I hope not. But maybe it might be the same and it might be different. We had another episode this year that I found particularly useful for me, which was we talked about getting better at saying no. We did this episode in October. And why we find that hard, particularly as women, why the world really doesn't like women who say no. And we talked about boundaries a little bit, but I want to talk about boundary setting more in 2021. But this is an opportunity for us when the world starts to open back up to be more protective about what we let back in. Yeah. And we talked a lot on um, how to do it when everyone's doing it differently, right? Like, Oh, I love that episode. Yes. It's an amazing episode. Amazing episode. Like we're tooting our own horn, but it was amazing because we learned stuff. We're brilliant, guys. It was the peak of smartness, hilarity, and wonderfulness because we're amazing. We learned and shared good advice in that episode. You know what I learned from that episode? We have the opposite of imposter syndrome. We have uh, <laughs> egocentric syndrome. We're awesome. I learned about the kinds of risk that there's sort of cumulative risk, right? Which is if you're going to the CVS, maybe don't also go to the McDonald's and the dry cleaners or, or do all those things on Tuesday and then don't do anything on Wednesday or like cumulative risk of like eight people in a room is a little less risky than 12 people in a room. Like I learned, I learned things researching that episode that have helped me this year in assessing what I'm willing to do and not willing to do. Meaning... So what you're saying is what you've learned is like how to operate to some degree of safety, but still do some things. Learning how to assess how risky a situation is, right? Like we're not getting clear, concise advice on this, right? And part of the reason this year has been so hard is that we're kind of 
figuring out for ourselves what seems okay. And our mother-in-law might have very different feelings about that, right? Or not to pick anybody's mother-in-law, but you see what I'm saying. Like we have people close to us who are looking at the same stuff and drawing different conclusions because none of us have a playbook. So that episode gave me, through researching that episode, I got some sort of playbook stuff that has been helpful to me. Yeah. Amy, we also did an episode called Do In-Laws Get a Bad Rap, which uh, you maybe need to go listen to again, okay? Because you're just picky on mother-in-law. I actually want to revisit this issue of saying no. We'll be right back. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. And now, 2020 phrases we are ready to never hear again. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Doom scrolling. Zoom fatigue. Quarantine pod. Super spreader event. Pandemic binge. Lurg's day of forever time. Mask acne. Out of an abundance of caution. Make sure to answer if the contact tracer calls. Virtual gala. Unprecedented. Just hang on. Things will be better soon. And most important of all, the phrase we literally never want to hear again as long as we live. Remote learning. This has been 2020 Phrases We Never Want to Hear Again. From the What Fresh Out podcast. In the same way, there's something on the other side of boredom. There is something on the other side of knowing what's right for you. And 
we did a fresh take with Susan Katz Miller about holidays when you have uh, interfaith families. And one of the things she said so stuck with me. And she talked about, I don't know if it was original to her or if it was someone else's idea, but this idea of a sacred circle. And within the sacred circle, you and your nuclear family, your spouse and your offspring, that's your sacred circle. And you decide what the rules are there. And outside of the sacred circle, people can yell in and tell you you're doing it all wrong. But there is a boundary there that is Mm -hmm. very strong. And that's something that really stayed with me. And since I think this metaphor of the sacred circle and making decisions about what that is. And so it really resonated. And I think we even said it during the episode with the pandemic thing of like, we really need to keep our sacred circle free of coronavirus. And so we are going to make decisions about who we see and who we do things with. And there are lots and lots of people who are saying, that's foolish. That's dumb. You're ruining Christmas for everybody. You know why I would never give you coronavirus. (laughs) You don't know what you're going to give anybody. And there's a lot of magical thinking with it. And I think What I think in conclusion is that you get better at things by practicing them and practicing saying no has been a very useful exercise for me and I think for a lot of people and I hope that people carry that feeling forward of I am going to say no to things I am uncomfortable with. What I have learned, right, don't do stuff to be the most people pleasing or to be perceived as the most rational person, because what I have finally figured out is that there are definitely people out there who think I'm being a cuckoo precaution taker, right? And there are other people who think I have, I'm sure, been a completely selfish risk taker, right? Right. Just like when you're a parenting, when you're a new parent, there are both people who think you are spoiling the baby and there are people who think you aren't holding the baby enough. There are people on both sides of that ready to tell you you're doing it wrong. Similarly, yeah, pandemic, there's a lot of opportunity to decide other people are doing it wrong. And so you can't, I think you should take this seriously. I'm not saying that, but once you've drawn that sacred circle, as you say, then kind of don't worry so much about what other people are thinking about it because it feels right to you. I feel like I would describe myself as like, I don't really care what people think. I care a tremendous amount what people think about me. I don't like to be perceived as a bad person. That's an Achilles heel of mine. You know, like when people feel that I am wrong and I feel that I am not wrong, it keeps me up at night. And (laughs) my best friend must have said to me 25 years ago, It is not your job to convince other people that they are bad. And it is not your business if other people think you're bad. Mm -hmm. If you think you're fine. And it's the kind of advice that's like, oh, my God, the scales fall from my eyes. And they are two sides of the same coin. You know, being constantly like I will convince this person who I know that the way they're behaving in the pandemic is irresponsible is a fool's game. And then on the flip side, I will care that that person thinks I'm uptight because I will not come to bingo is also foolish. Like the happiness is I've drawn a sacred circle. I've made my decisions and that doesn't change. This brings me to the other, I think sort of like an underappreciated episode of 2020 because I got so much from this episode and it, but Amy, we so appreciate ourselves. How could anything be underappreciated? I know. So everybody pat me on the back for the episode from September called the constant negativity is getting old. We got this episode suggestion from a listener, as many of our episode suggestions do come to us on our Facebook group or people email us. And this was like, I can't take the negativity around our house. And I did sort of a deep dive on the research for this. And 
learned about something called negativity bias, which is that we have a biological imperative to pay attention to negative information much more than we do positive information. So it makes sense that we are worrying much more about the one cousin who thinks we're a kook than the you know, then our mom who really understands why we had different plans for the holidays this year, because we attend more to negative information and it keeps us safe, but it also makes us crazy. Right. That's because your lizard brain is your like forever biological imperative brain is like, what is the problem? What is the danger? Right, right. Exactly. Right. We're wired to look for danger. So like a negative thought, which is, is my friend mad at me? I mean, that's our very watered down version of negative information that we are wired to pay a little bit too much attention. Yep. It was also a year where there was a lot of racial reckoning. And I thought we had a really interesting conversation talking to our kids about race with guest Deborah Porter. It's a conversation that we're going to be continuing to have. It's a conversation that I think sometimes people are like, ah, that's politics. Don't do politics. It's it's not politics. It's humanness. And it affects the way that our kids operate, which is what this podcast is about. I learned a lot from doing that episode. I feel like you know, sometimes you look at a TV show even from 10 years ago and you're like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe they made that joke right in the very recent past. I feel like I learned six months ago. I was saying, do you know that kids aren't colorblind that like they actually by the time they're three, you know, recognize race. And if we don't talk about it, they draw their own conclusions. That was new information to me in June. And I feel like I learned a lot this year. And I think we should, you know, keep up the learning. And I think that a lot of the conversation was about try to have these conversations, even though they're hard. That does not mean go to the black people, you know, and be like, what's it like? Help me out. That's not okay. (laughs) Can you talk to my kids? But try to be part of conversations where you're just open Opening your mind to stuff and opening your mind to ideas. And I think right now we're kind of stuck in a dialogue where the flip side of that is like, if you say the wrong thing, people will say mean things about you on Twitter. Like, relax, but try to be part of having conversations. Yeah, well said. This is what the year was, Amy, to me thematically. We went from this transition from, oh my God, what's going to happen, right? Like in those early episodes, and I remember we talked a lot behind the scenes of like, should this podcast just become providing medical information? I mean, in the beginning, we were like, this, everything's going to stop. How to make your own mask, right? Remember when we had to do that for a little while? Yeah, we were making masks and we were like, I guess the new world is like, we're going to work in the ward and make masks all day. And this is very natural. I remember I was in New York on 9-11 and I remember sitting in the park right, right after it happened with my best friend. And we were like, are we going to have to join the army? Like you really thought like this is this new day where everything will be different after this and we will live these incredibly different lives. And not to take anything away from the experience, which was incredibly life-changing for pretty much everyone and some people terribly so. But what happened was life kind of came back to normal eventually. It's like you took this complete left turn and then eventually you wended your way back to the path. Shoes at the airport and other than that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, things changed, but it wasn't. I mean, we thought it was going to be like life as we know it is unrecognizable from here on out. Absolutely. And similarly, in the beginning of the pandemic, I mean, I clearly remember and some of those early episodes were like, how are we going to keep the kids entertained? Although it was a little bit more of a slow boil because we weren't sure how long it would go. But we would have conversations behind the scenes of like, what if people start dying? I mean, like in these record numbers, I mean, what was going to happen? And then we kind of moved to like, how do we persist through this? And then we kind of moved to how do we find 
the funny in this and keep going. And that was sort of, as I look through the way the episodes go, I love to see that return to like what kind of monster quarantine edition where people are like, okay, the crisis is fast enough so that the fact that my husband leaves the empty jar of peanut butter in the cabinet is making me want to kill him again. Right. And we're the place to complain. We are your safe place to complain. We are your safe place to complain. And I think it was... Our mission statement, I think everybody probably knows, is like we've always tried to be a podcast that is for parents, that is funny with useful takeaways. And I feel like, again, everything was just more this year, you know, and we more fulfilled our mission, I feel like, Amy, because it was still you still had a lot of useful information and I had a lot of dopey commentary. (laughs) It lent itself. So good for us. This entire episode is basically like, guys, we ruled the pandemic. We're amazing podcasters. Let's give some pats on the back to the people who help us with this podcast that we never talk about. And at the year end, I think they deserve some attention. Love it. Our editor is Christy Hausler at Team Podcast. Guys, she is such a wonderful person and such a good editor. And she makes this all move. So thanks, Christy. Yes. If you're starting a podcast, reach out to Christy Hausler at teampodcast.com. Look her up. Yeah. And I'll put the links in the show notes for all the people we're going to talk about. Yeah. Oh, right. You always put the links in the show notes. (laughs) Why am I always giving links out loud? People can't do that. They're driving. They're not driving now. They're sitting at home and crying, but still they're crying too hard to write down links. This year, Sarah Levithan came on board as a producer of the podcast and she has made our lives much, much easier, wouldn't you say? So much easier. Yep. She arranges the interviews. She helps with the advertising. She helps us figure out like what we want to do next. It's been a great year with Sarah. As we look back at the year and like how the arc has changed, I think about the four-year arc, how we were just literally in our closets recording a podcast, and then I would kind of put them together on GarageBand and put them up. Mm -hmm. And people on Apple Podcasts would be like, they kind of sound like they're in a tin can. And I'm like, right, that's because I don't know what I'm doing. But anyway, we've come a long way, baby. (laughs) Just four years later. Thank God for Christy and Sarah. It was also a big 2020 because we started making videos. We talked about it and the pandemic gave us the push to actually do it and start making video content. And I'm proud of that. We did it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Make sure you're following us on YouTube, please. What Fresh Hell podcast. Go check us out. YouTube and on TikTok. We're on TikTok also. Oh, we're on TikTok. But that meant... We needed, you know, somebody who was younger than 100. Yeah. We needed a young on board to do TikTok. We needed a young. So Christina Hart is helping us now with our social media support, making our Instagram and our TikTok, I would say on fleek, but that's old. And she has a hilarious TikTok of her own that you should follow. Oh, yes. Follow Christina Hart and all the things. She's hilarious. I want to give a shout out to Emily Pelton, who created our cartoon logo. We've been using that logo for a couple of years, but even more so now, our podcast art was changed this year to use those cartoon versions of us. And she is such a talented artist. And I think it reflects us and our show perfectly. Love it. And uh, our snazzy branding, guys, was done by Jake Lang Digital. Yep. Another thing we're like, we need to get this done in 2020. And we did it. Our branding, I think, reflects us a lot better. And thanks, Jake, for the help. Yeah. And mostly Amy did it. She was like, come on, we got to do something. I was like, no, I'm busy snacking and crying. And she was like, no, no, we still have to do a podcast. So thanks to you, Amy, for keeping us going. Thanks to you. This podcast keeps me going. And I am not kidding. This podcast keeps me going, talking to you, doing the research, but also going on our Facebook group and hearing from listeners. And it just really makes me feel like we're going to get through this. And almost always for our last episode of the year, we do a goals episode, you know? Oh, yeah. All right. Sometimes for our first episode of next year. 
But I feel like our goal right now is survive, (laughs) as has been all year. You guys have been doing an amazing job at surviving. Please, if you are not a member, come to the What Fresh Hell podcast page on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash What Fresh Hellcast, and join our group. It is, I have to give a huge shout out to everybody there. I was wary about starting it because I do not like people being mean to each other on the internet, which seems to be the pretty much number one purpose of the internet. Yep. And then it gets a little confusing. Like, well, is it mean to disagree with someone? I was like, this sounds like a lot of trouble, you know? And what I like about the Facebook group is that people are very nice. Oh, yeah. And sometimes people give each other advice that they don't like. And instead of being like, I hate you, you must be a horrible human being with a rotten soul. They just keep going. They just move on to someone else's comment that's helpful. I don't know. It's a miracle as far as I'm concerned. We have the nicest, best listeners. Can I just do a complete aside since we're almost done, but I have to say this? Yeah. My son has become obsessed with the lyric from The Grinch, you have garlic in your soul. And he's (laughs) like, why would that be bad? Garlic is the best thing in the world. (laughs) Anyway, that's what I think of when I think of the listeners. I'm like, you have garlic in your soul, but garlic is the best thing in the world. That's how I think of it. Right. The garlic in my soul sees the garlic in your soul. Exacts, Amy. Exacts. Guys, I hope we all have a good start to 2021. We're going to try our best and we can't wait for another fun year of What Fresh Hell podcast. Thanks for listening. You guys make this so much fun. It's going to be awesome. Happy New Year, guys. Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how all of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life stucks. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. 